I was getting so desperate to do a, a proper cold in, intro or, or some sort of intro that the plan was for, not so longer than a second, was to do a gag where I pretend to be doing the podcast with my cat who is in the room with me. Uh, you would not believe how many times or how many different intros I've just recorded um, by tr- and trying to get something that's even usable, not even funny. Um, I mean, as I said, I was trying to, I came up with getting my cat involved. And that wouldn't work. That'd be just the, the stupidest thing you'd ever heard. So let's just introduce this episode. It's just me, and I'll be chatting to Kelly Ryan from Fork and Brewer for about 20 minutes. And then uh, again, I'll be chatting to Darren from Doctor's Orders Brewing and James Smith of the Crafty Pint website. And oh, he's also from Good Beer Week as well. This was recorded during the Beervana Festival in Wellington. It was a great festival, if not uh, wet and cold. I have come back with a bit of a cold as well, and you can probably hear that in the interviews. Um, but that doesn't detract from how, how awesome it was at that festival. I think we'll probably discuss that further um, in coming weeks. I should also mention the next episode will be Joss from The Garage Project. We had a chat also at Beavana, uh, and everyone loves Garage Project right now, so I think you should listen to that. It was a really good chat, um, and I'm looking forward to being able to put it up online. And Dave will be at the Australian National Homebrewers Conference dinner, and he will be uh, chatting to some of the, the brewers there and, and some homebrewers and talking about um, the Australian National Homebrewers Conference that's coming up soon. Um, and so, yeah, it's a must listen if you know any homebrewers or, or if you're interested in homebrewing or if you just like hearing good beer talk, you should um, tune in. Uh, I'm not going to do an outro to this show. This is, this intro was, was bad enough. Even my cat is looking at me with disdain. He's probably annoyed that he didn't get on mic. Um, but you should follow us on, on um, Twitter, Al of a Time, or at MelbDave. Um, please rate us on iTunes, subscribe on iTunes, you know, all those things. Email us if, if you, um, you know, you want to give us some feedback or you've got a question. Find us on Facebook at um, facebook.com slash com. all these tedious shout-outs. All righty, let's just get into the, the rest of the show. Um, so from me and Norm, my cat, cheers. Alrighty, I'm here with Kelly Ryan from Fork and Brewer. Hey, hey Kelly, how's it going? Yeah, very good, thanks. Very good. Um, thank you for taking the time to, to join us on the show. Um, and you've just recently started here as, as the head brewer, is that's, that right? That's yeah. correct, yeah. So, um, yes, obviously, uh, as few people might know, I tend to move around breweries a little bit. I'm a sort of a serial brewer, I guess. <laughs> um, but, the, yeah, I've just been here since the beginning of, of June. Yep. Uh, took on this role. Um, Got a nice offer from Colin Mellon, who's one of the directors, also the uh, the general manager of the Malt House. Yep. And he said, you know, Kelly, our, our brewer Lester is moving on. Yep. Would you like to uh, take the job? So at, this, at the time, I was living uh, up, up north in a town called New Plymouth, yep. um, having a little break from brewing and yep. just having a bit of family time. Yep. And um, even though 
when I was up there, I ended up setting up a 300 litre commercial brewery for my brother and good mate. So, yeah, right. you know, no rest for the wicked, I think yeah. that's what, what people say. So which brewery was that one? It's called Brew Mountain. So just a little, you know, pumping out sort of five 50 litre kegs a week for a, a local bar and a local liquor outlet. And, nice. um, yeah, palas and IPAs and, yep. and lots of nice clean hoppy beers. Yeah. So, um, so that was good fun to be, be a part of. It's always, always really cool sort of being yeah. involved with the, uh, installing and commissioning of, of new breweries. Um, yep. And doing recipe development and everything in between. Um, but yeah, so here now, a um, few brews in and uh, starting to get, I get a couple of my, my brews out, out yep. into the, onto the taps and things. Um, so I think we yeah. tried the Lowrider. Is it Lowrider? Uh, low Blow. Low, low Blow, blow sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And it was definitely reminiscent of other beers I've had of yours, that kind of clean, as you said, hoppy. Um, yeah, that's what I like. You know, it's, it's about drinkability a little bit. Um, the... Yeah, I like hops. Yep. Um, I really like hops, but I also like balance. I yep. think that's sort of one thing I always try and do with my beers is, is get, have good drinkability. Um, yep. particularly with this whole, the whole brew pub environment. It's yeah, yeah. about, you know, people sitting down and having a couple of pints and enjoying it. Yep. So beers like the Low Blow, um, and it's not on here anymore, but uh, the Big Tahuna, which is a, a West Coast IPA I did. Yep. Uh, use some uh, New Zealand West Coast seawater in it just for uh, yeah, for right. real West Coast. You yeah, know? But, how, um, how did that work? Oh, really well. I just sort of looked at the water chemistry, looked at um, how much sodium chloride was was sort of present on average in New Zealand salt water, and yep. then just back calculated. Um, sodium ions can be quite good in beer in terms of giving a, an impression of sweetness. You yep. know, there's a there's a classic sort of um. Uh, way of doing it is taking some pineapple and dipping it in salt and yeah, what it does yeah, is yeah. sweetness so yeah. you know based on that kind of philosophy it actually yeah. works with, with nice hoppy IPAs as well and, and yeah it worked well I think you know, I picked up a second place in the West Coast IPA challenge at the Malt House this oh, year nice. with it so yeah. it was my first beer so it's always good yeah, when, yeah. You, uh, when you get a little bit of uh, you're doing something right when you get those sorts of uh, Definitely a good uh, way to start. awards yeah yeah so but no it's um, doing lots of fun stuff you know yeah, it's cool. good Wellington's a great city great vibe um, yep. it's a uh, it's almost, it's a city within a, in a country within a city, you know, yeah, if you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, or yeah. a city within a city within a country, I should say, in the, in the sense that it's just a uh, complete different world than, than anywhere else in New Zealand with regards to the beer scene and mm. craft beer and the, the way that people kind of embrace it, you yeah. know? It's, it's, uh, it's, it's awesome. You will love it. You know, I'm here with my with a young family, and, and uh, yeah, we're like we're liking this this windy Wellington world. It's pretty windy out there. We've <laughs> yeah. almost been blown away a few times. Yes, yeah, windy um, and rainy. <laughs> yeah, which is part of the charm, right? People always exactly. say, you know, cities that have bad weather have the more interesting things going yeah, on. Yeah, well, that's it. Um, yeah, you got to do something if you can't get outside in the sun definitely. all day. So I think drinking beer is a good uh, alternative. Yeah. <laughs> um, I noticed there was a cast-conditioned uh, version. Was it Lowrider on as well? Yeah, low Blow, um, yes. Oh, sorry, yeah, Low yeah, Blow. Yeah, 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 no, I've done, I, mean, I, I spent a lot of time in the UK at a, at a brewery called Thornbridge Brewery yep. and, and another brewery up in Scotland called Fine Owls, and they yep. had a sort of a strong focus on cast-conditioned beer. Yep. Um, so that's just a first little play. I thought I would take some out of maturation. Yep. Made the decision not to filter this beer, or I filtered it only partially. Yep. Uh, you know, hops are quite delicate creatures, and yeah. if you filter them too much, you can have a few issues. Yep. And I, I'd uh, done a previous beer and just didn't really like what the filters had done to it. Yeah. So I'm, I'd much rather have a beer with a bit of haze that tastes really good than yeah, a super yeah. bright beer that doesn't taste of or smell of much at all. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, but that's you know every system works differently, every brewery works differently, mm. and that's just something I'm noticing with this. You know, mm. with the equipment I've got that. Yeah. Um, I like uh, I like it that way, you know. So yeah, yeah. yeah, going forward, we'll um, probably look at doing a little bit more cask stuff. Yep. Hopefully, get a temperature controlled fridge. At the moment, we bring them out and check it with a temperature probe, chuck it in a bucket with water and add ice in to keep it at that yeah, sort of okay. ten to thirteen yep. degrees. So you're making sure it's still at least yeah yeah, yeah where how it should be, you yep. know. Um, yep. 
teaching the staff about sort of uh, you know condition of beers and yep. you know using sparklers or not using sparklers yeah, and what, yeah. what the difference is you know what, when you need to use them and and why you should use them and what yep. they do to the hop hop character of the beer. So it's all a learning process for the for the staff as well, and they yep. they're right into it. They love their beers, and mm. and you know it's the reason they work at a at a bar with forty taps. I yeah. think you know it's uh, <laughs> they love the choice and and yep. they're um they're really passionate as well. So it makes it easy for me. Yeah, it's really yeah. Good. yeah. Now your beers are obviously on tap here. Um, can you find them other places around uh, Wellington or, or New Zealand? A little bit, yes. Yep. I mean, it's sort of a um, I'm, I'm a one man band here, yep. so it's uh, we struggle at times to keep up with demand just for here. But yep. we do actually get some of the beer on at the Malt House, which yep. is sort of our brother bar. Yep. Um, in the odd, odd other bar, LBQ um, yep. take, might take a little bit every now and then, and yep. then um, there's a few little wholesale, um, you know, sort of rigor or flagon filling, growler filling yep. places that. Yep. Take the odd odd um, keg also. So, cool. but we'll start getting out there a little bit more. Yeah, probably going to look at getting getting a few um, disposable one way kegs and maybe yep. sort of shipping them here, there, and everywhere. And cool. and um and yeah, and that's sort of the the the, the plan going yeah. forward. So, nice. which should be good. And how how often are you brewing? Are you like here yeah, seven days a week? Uh, or? One night. No, I mean, generally with the eight, with the eight vessels and the, and the way that we do it, I'm getting one. The, the most I've done since I've been here is only two brews in a week. Yep. Um, just because of res- residence time, we we transfer to a match Filtration stage um, yeah. prior to filtration, so yeah. it's a um, yeah, it's quite a lengthy process, yeah. and it's a uh, yeah, again with me cleaning kegs and filling kegs and yeah, trying to do yeah. all that at once. It's, I could be doing it seven days a week, really, yeah. and, um, and probably getting the production up. But uh, even brewers need to sleep. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're allowed some time off, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 hopefully. Yeah. Um, and and if you have other beers planned, anything exciting in the works? That- um, well, actually, right now uh, you can probably hear the whirring in the background. That's yep. uh, a whirlpool. I just have just done a collaboration with Ben Love from Gigantic Brewing over in Portland, oh, Oregon. Yep. So we brewed a beer on on Thursday, and that's been souring in the kettle. Um, uh, for about 44 hours now, 45 wow. hours. So we used uh, yogurt bacteria, actually. So yeah, I got cool. a whole lot of yogurt culture, um, lactobacillus, yep. uh, Dal subspecies, I think, Bulgaricus, and then yep. um, some Streptococcus thermophilus as well. So yep. two, two pretty, pretty well-known yogurt bacteria. Yep. What Ben had found, he does a beer over in Portland called Boys in the Hood. It's a boysenberry uh, yogurt sour beer. Yep. And he, he did a lot of experimentation and found that he, they use non-fat yogurt over there to inoculate, but I managed to get the culture, actual culture itself. Yep. Um, and he finds he just gets a lot cleaner sourness using the yogurt bacteria versus using a, a, something from a, a brewery supplier or yeah. using grain to, um, to yep. inoculate. So I thought that sounds great. You know, yeah. um, his expertise is, is a lot more in that area than mine. So yeah, um, yeah we're giving it a go. Then I'll we'll age it, ferment it with ale yeast um, with some 001, White Labs yeah. 001. And then um, age it on passion fruit pulp. So wow. I'm going to get a probably about... Or how many? Probably close to twenty kilos for a thousand liters of passion fruit pulp, wow. and we'll mature it on that, and uh, hopefully get that kind of classic passion fruit yogurt sort of character yeah, um, yeah. in a glass. Sounds so, like a yeah, should be good. It's a good have fun. you done many sour beers or wild? Um, a little bit, a yep. little bit. You know, we've we laid down a, a barrel or two when I was at Good George, which yep. will, will still probably be there. Yep. Um, I, there's a kiwi fruit sour doing the round. Yes, at the yeah. Moment. So Nate um, Ross, that's one of his babies. Yep. He's a, uh, a originally a Brisbane lad. He's a yep. really good brewer, really yep. good. Brewer and they've, they've done well in the awards, got mm. picked up quite a few medals this mm. year, and his passion is sour beers through and through. So, yeah. I mean, it's great. You know, there's, there's uh, breweries like Halatau and Eight Wide and, and Good George and, mm. and Musselin and a few others that are really starting to experiment with mm. sour beers now. Mm. And, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's been called the new hops for quite a while now. Yeah. And it's, it's starting to appeal to more taste, uh, people's tastes, I think, as it yeah. gets out there, as people learn about them and understand them. You know, yeah. so it's a, 
It's cool. It's really good. Oh, the thing is, they need to be, you know, good sours take a long time to, yes. to get done right. And, yeah. um, yeah. It's never going to be an overnight success like an IPA kind of exactly, a thing. Exactly, exactly. So. You know, it's a little bit more work goes into a sour. Yeah. Um, and I think consumers are starting to understand that mm. as well. You know, they're yeah. starting to, to, to sort of get it that, yeah. that sours are a very, very complicated sort of a creature. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Soren from Eight Wides definitely leading the way with, um, mm. with his barrel aging program and yep. what he's got planned with his new brewery, um, up north. So yep. it's going to be really exciting to watch that space and watch, uh, yeah. Watch sort of New Zealand hopefully um, make a make a bit of a mark on the world with with our mm. sour beers just like we do with our hops. You know, it's good to see um, New Zealand gr- ingredients being used as well. Like, yeah, um, you yeah, know, yeah. or, exactly. or kiwi fruit. Technically yeah. not New Zealand, but yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, um, it, it does oh, it separate the um, the scene, and I guess the hops as well are, mm-hmm. are doing that. You know, on a global yeah. scale. Yeah, and and again. Um, Soren's working uh, with a master's student at the moment, looking at isolating and characterizing a whole lot of actual uh, New Zealand wild yeasts and bacteria. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, in theory, you know, I think his dream is to be able to to um, do a proper New Zealand, you know, almost lambic in a way, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and use what we've got in our own environment, our own yep. our own bugs. Yeah. Um, yeah. To, to create something you know truly unique, and that's uh, you're starting to see that in the states now. The people yes. getting the cool ships and yep. doing chucking it. them in orchards and yeah, fields yeah. and throwing flowers into them and um, yeah, all sorts. So I think there's one brewer that has uh, the back of their truck and they've turned it into a cool ship. Fantastic! Uh, yeah. They can, yeah, yeah. Oh, the, the, the world's our oyster, really, isn't it? Yeah, you know, it's a um, it's yeah. That's the brewers are constantly pushing boundaries, I yeah. think, and um, and reinventing things and innovating and, yeah. and using as you know technology or lack of technology to make great beers. Yeah, yeah. So um, and you know, I don't think that will ever change. Yeah, you know, it's. Mm. You've been involved with some of the um, some pretty iconic beers around, you know, Thornbridge um, and Epic, and I guess now Good George. Um, also, Batch Brewing. Are you yes, involved with those yeah, guys? I helped out uh, Craig with a, a uh, an IPA, a Pacific IPA called yep. King Tide, which yep. um, has gone really well for him. He's he picked up a silver medal uh, at the awards with it. Yep. So cool. um, he's he's super chuffed, and the beer's going well. And mm. I, I use it in a, a tasting, a Desert Island sort of beer tasting at Regional Wine and Spirits here in Wellington yep. uh, a few months back, and blew blew people away you know and that's a it's big hops again it was you know it's Liriwaka and Machuica and and Amarillo and Chinook and Citra and all these lovely aromatic hops that um that I love and it was really fun to work with Craig at Batch Brewing and and he literally said I want a great IPA and uh we sat down and, and talked through some ideas and I uh went through a couple of recipes on a on a home brew scale and um he came came down and saw me in New Plymouth and we uh we sort of decided which one was best, and yep. then you know I was lucky that I'd, I'd uh, done some work at Steam Brewing before, which we are batch brewing brews out of up in yep. Auckland, and, and obviously Epic as well. So yep. I knew that kit. So yep. it helps a lot when you're going from you know sort of 50 liters to yeah, yeah. 10,000 liters um, to know how a, how a kit works. So yep. it was it was good fun. It was great, yeah, and cool. it's great seeing those sort of ideas and and sort of dreams come into fruition, yep. and and you've got a great beer and a glass in front front of you. So yeah, yeah. Um, no, really really fun. I enjoy doing that sort of stuff. Um, is there, a, is there a favorite beer of yours that you've brewed over the years or you've been involved in? Um, well, actually, I mean, I think beers like Hop Zombie and King Tide have been fantastic. I've yeah. really, really loved uh, loved being pa- being a part of both of those beers. Um, yeah. I, re- I did a beer back at Thornbridge, which I'd love to actually recreate one day. Um, Maybe with with someone from from Thornbridge, which yep. is it was called Katapo, and Katapo is the native New Zealand side a spider similar to the yep. Rareback, um, yep. that are uh, obviously the black with a red stripe. So yep. it was a just a little raspberry porter, um, mm. about five point four percent, I think it was, and served on cask mm, and. Um, nice. 
I was just, I just really liked it. It was just a nice, subtle, sort of tart, sort of yeah. a hint from the raspberries, and you yeah. still got that fruit character, but then you got the lovely chocolate backbone of the porter as well. So mm. I really liked that beer. You know, it was good. It was a, it was a fun beer to brew. Yeah. So maybe something like that will, uh, will, will come again. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, favorite beers are always tough. I've got a, um, probably got a wish list of other breweries, uh, you know, beers. <laughs> In fact, Somewhere floating around at the, I can see him at the bar right now is Brad Rogers from, uh, from Stone and Wood. I did not see him. So, um, he's, uh, yep, leaning there with, with beer in hand as, uh, as he tends to do. And, yep. and I mean, you know, his Pacific Ale is, uh, is one of my top five yeah, favorite yeah. beers of all time. It's just, it hits the nail on the head. You know, exactly the sort of beer I like. Drinkable, yep. clean, hoppy. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, good George Sparkling Ale. That was the inspiration for that beer. Yep. Um, which is just, um, Nate and JB and the boys have taken it to win a gold medal this year at, yeah. at the awards. So it's a, um, yeah, there's some, there's so many good beers out there. You know, yeah, I love my, love my Cantillons. I love yeah. my, uh, Imperial Stouts. I love my Belgian Strongs, my Chimay Blues. And, yep. and, um, yeah, there's, it's just depends how I feel when I wake up in the morning. You know, yeah. it's, uh, there's always, the, you know, you can always find the perfect beer, which is so, such an amazing thing about this industry. Yeah. And it's getting, um, you know, mentioned sort of stone and wood. You know, you're seeing their beers over here now. Yeah, it's great. Um, we're seeing a lot more Kiwis over in um, Melbourne and, mm-hmm. and Australia. And it's exciting that there's kind of this, so many beers just swirling around, basically. And, Absolutely. And, you know, if you, people are, can't find something that they like, then they're, they're looking in the wrong places. I yeah, think. that's so true. That's so true. And it's something I've always uh, said, you know, one of, the, one of the sort of my most favorite things to hear is, uh, oh, I don't really like beer, you know, and I've had that before. I remember actually a, um, a journalist in England, um, she... She did an interview when I was at Thornbridge, and she was like, actually, I don't even drink beer. I don't even like it. And I said, that's the greatest thing you can ever say to a brewer. <laughs> and we ran a, the, the original sort of Thornbridge pub at the time. Yep. Um, my partner, Catherine, ran that, and we lived above it. So I was like, come back uh, tonight to the pub, and we'll, um, I'll find you something that you like. Mm. And um, I think she walked away with two bottles of Cantillon Rose de Gambrinus and two bottles of Goose Island IPA. Wow. And was like, these are the best beers we've ever tasted. <laughs> I'm taking them home to share with my boyfriend, and I'm having most of them. So from someone that had never light beer to yeah. uh, to have, have walked out of a, a pub with four bottles and yeah. uh, and be, and was very excited and did not realise that these sort of flavours existed and mm. and something that she just thought was yellow fizzy you know liquid. Well, that's the thing. It's like, um, and we've sort of talked about it on the podcast before. How you're never really sure what beers are going to appeal to people. Mm. So yeah, people talk about gateway beers. Yes. Yeah. But as you said, this person walked out with Cantillon. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. An IPA, which are quite aggressive or yes. confronting if you don't yeah. know what big, they are. Big beers, you know. Um, yeah. So and now you need it's yeah you're, you, it's all, it's always surprising it's yeah. you know there's not a day goes by that someone won't surprise me in, in this uh you know when it comes to beer yeah it's, yeah. yeah it's awesome yeah um and you mentioned homebrewing do you still homebrew regularly um not really I mean actually it's funny I, I just did a, the homebrew masterclass at Beervana last night and um I because I I can't went from the first ever brew size that I did was three brews in one day of about close to 40,000 litres per brew. So it was mm. almost 120,000 litres was effectively my first proper brew. Yeah. That was when I was with our DB breweries at, at Tui Brewery here. Yeah. And um, so I've kind of taken the opposite path. I've gone from brewing gone, massive yeah. to now brewing 1,000 <laughs> litres, you know. Um, but saying that, I did, you know, at Epic, it was really my first foray into sort of small-scale home brewing, doing yeah. the trial brewing um, uh, for Luke and, yep. um, and with Luke. And... Um, then it's sort of been really when I was back home in Taranaki when I sort of left the industry for a few months so yep. I, I got into it and um, it was great de- developing the beers for Brew Mountain and mm. doing the work you know the work with, with Craig from Batch um, but yeah I will 
I do really enjoy home brewing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm about to start selling these these nice little three three sort of tier brew kits here yeah. in New Zealand, which we're going to have one just right behind us here. It's yeah. going to sit there, and that'll be my little trial kit. So if I oh, nice. do find myself with a spare day or uh, or want to <laughs> keep myself double occupied while I'm cleaning kegs, I'll, yeah. I'll better do a few trials on there and get 50 liters out of it and and chuck them on the bar as one offs and see yeah, what cool. people think. So yeah. it's a but yeah, I do. I enjoy home brewing. It's yeah. a, it's good fun. It, you can play around a little bit more and get a bit crazy and yeah. and um you know sort of do things that you can't really do on a large scale you know that easily that yeah. easily. So it's a um yeah yeah I do enjoy it and I'm, I'll keep doing it. Yeah. Coming from a, a big big background, something like Tui, for example, do you think that kind of helped you in terms of processes and um you know it's it's a different industry. Yeah. In terms of you know, sort of industrial compared to this, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. has that been a help for, for you? Oh, a million percent. You know, I I can't sort of uh, I guess thank DB and, and the team at Tui enough in mm. terms of what they what they taught me and um, what they taught me and uh, what I learned. You know, I ran the microbiology lab there for a while oh, when wow. I was a trainee brewer. Um, and amazing, you know, in terms of quality control, in terms of technical sort of understanding, mm. um, and in terms of the engineering side of things, it was a big help as well. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was absolutely brilliant. It set me up, particularly with sort of quality systems and the importance of writing stuff down, you know, yeah. just something as simple <laughs> as that, um, and cleanliness and sanitation and, yep. and everything in between. It's, yeah, I, I can uh, recommend it as a path to get into get into mm. craft brewing because it gives you a, just such a good sort of uh, backbone to, to work from so yeah, cool. yeah no it was great really really good yeah. awesome yes I've got to go and stop a whirlpool yeah cool <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, well, maybe we'll wrap this up yeah cool um, I, think, I think it's been really good and thanks for joining awesome. us awesome no um, thanks, thanks a lot yeah and uh, good luck with the yeah, yeah 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 cheers cheers, cheers. mate thank you Testing hey. one, two, three. Looks like we're away. Hey everyone, I'm sitting here uh, in Wellington at beer, at the little beer quarter for Beervana. Uh, I'm with Darren from Doctor's Orders. How's it going? Good afternoon. Doing very, very well. The second time we've had you on. Second time. Hopefully this one records. <laughs> second time lucky. Yeah. Uh, and James Smith of the Crafty Pint. How's it going? Pretty good. Come a long way to talk to two people that live in Australia. Um, but we, we thought it would be an interesting way, way to, to look at Beervana and and the event and find out what they've been up to. Um, how's it going for you guys so far? Uh, it's, a, it's a cruisy um, yearly weekend pilgrimage, really, for me. Um, we come every year. We've been coming uh, probably the last four or five years, and then there was a, a number of visits well before that when it used to be called Brew NZ before it became the Beervana thing. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's always good to come home. I lived here for about nine years. Mm. So it's uh, it's very familiar, and it's probably the only only beer event that my wife ever comes to. So it's a, it's, it's got a special place in my heart. Nice. Yeah, so only a second visit for me. I was here two years ago. Um, I wanted just just a great place to visit if you like good beer. Mm. And there's a huge number of Aussies here as well. It's quite amazing to see the support from from back home. Yeah. Um, every bar you go into seems to be like 25 percent or a third third Aussies there. But yeah, just drinking some lovely beers and meeting some lovely people, and mm. yeah, it's good fun. Uh, the, two years ago, you won the Media Brew competition? Correct, and we were planning to enter it again this year, but then there was a series of uh, unfortunate circumstances for both me and, and Sean, and we kind of got to the point where there was sort of the third hospital visit for the third different person. We were like, 
we're destined not to make it. Yeah. Let's just. And so, and then, so then the idea was to send a load of the bicep over so people could have it on the Australia bar. But um, unfortunately, like all the other Australian beers, including some of yours, Darren, I think, they're yeah, still, three still, of mine. In, still in the harbour in Melbourne. Yeah, there's a few issues with the shipping, I believe. Is that, is that right? Uh, uh, more than a few, I believe. Yeah. Um, I think it's uh, multiple points of catastrophic failure, really. Mm, um, but mm. um, that is freight companies, and uh, just when you think you've seen every possible screw-up a freight company can make, they uh, they invent new ones. Mm. So this uh, this year, no different. Yep, yep. So and you were sending some beers over. You were uh, looking to get some exposure to the market as well. Yeah, so I, I've had beer in New Zealand in the past. Um, ironically, last time I had beer here was about three years ago, was for Beervana, and they never made it to Beervana. They made it to Wellington, but they didn't actually make it to Beervana. Last year, we decided not to do anything. This year, we're back on that horse. We thought we'd do it. We've got three lines that were supposed to be here. We're supposed to have a pop-up bar here. The Australians are going to take over LBQ with yep. all, our, all our fantastic products and share it with the Kiwis. So, yeah, so uh, none from two from three years for me. Mm. That's, uh, that's almost cursed for you. <laughs> um, I, someone made a joke. You say you're the only Kiwi that couldn't get beer to Birvana. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, a, there's not many Australian beers in the market here at the moment. Um, so it is a bit of a shame to see that that push that could have happened not quite happening. I think um, on one aspect it, it might actually be a blessing because they're going to do something with it. We're not sure what yet. they are obviously got to get through Bevana this weekend, but they've essentially got an entire container of 20 different, different lines of Australian beer. So mm. it's going to get its own focus, its own showcase at some point, mm. um, hopefully sooner rather than later, mm. uh, whether or not there's going to be the support of the brewers to, for that event because, um, you know, getting time out of the brewery, get timing away from everything else to, yeah. to do these things. You you pick and choose the events you want to do these days versus mm. trying to do everything. You just can't. So mm. maybe maybe it'll be a blessing. It'll, be, it'll have a lot of focus. Mm. Mm. Um, any highlight beers so far for you guys this, this week? This uh, Townsend Pale Ale is pretty damn good. Yep. It's um, out of the cask. Out of the cask, yeah, delicious. Um, no one, I don't think, is really making traditional English, English style real ales uh, to this standard um, in Australia so it's always great to tr- try his beers um, Soren from 8 White has had a lot of beers different beers on tap around the city I had his um, he's got a Brett version of his rewired brown ale that's on yeah. a Shigozaki and that's been just, just a stunning beer that's, that kind of blew me away but that yeah. sent uh, Emma, uh, our producer, straight to the bar to get a full glass when she had a taste of taste of mine. <laughs> yeah. um, also, his Fijawa sour was, was tasting amazing at nine yeah, and a half percent. Yeah, that was um, that's on at Hajigo at the moment. It was also yeah. at Bevana yesterday. That yep. was definitely one of the standouts for me. You wouldn't know it's nine percent, um, but I think if you had a whole pint of it, it would start to catch up. With uh, I imagine it would. Yeah. <laughs> the um, the good George had the kiwi sour. Um, it's a Berliner Weiss or kiwi friend in it, yep. and that was just wonderful. Uh, it was all over that. Uh, Behemoth Brewing, um, mm. relatively new guy over here on the scene. He um, the uh, festival beer that he did, the Bicky Brown Ale. Yep, tasted like Anzac biscuit beer. It was amazing. I loved that one too. It's been interesting to see quite a few sours actually. I guess reflecting what's happening in Australia, but mm. yeah, some really yeah of, of differing standards. But it's just really interesting. There's a lot of them. They're, they're on the Portland Bar. They're you know yep. they're on a number of the taps around the city. Um, yeah, it's just it's incredibly, incredibly colourful, the, the variety of beers that are available around, around the city this weekend. Yeah, I was probably about six beers in um, when, I, when I had the Kiwi Sour, and then that's when that was the turning point in my day when things just went up from there. <laughs> uh, up until that, it was like, yeah, it's a great pale ale, yeah, it's a great, you know, it's a great porter, it's a great stout, um, but it's just, you know, it, it, it was just... 
beer without wanting to degrade what they were. I mean, they were fantastically made. There was nothing wrong with them. But it was, you know, looking for something a little bit different, looking for something that's a bit of um, a bit of inspiration and something that gives you a bit of that wow. Mm. And uh, the Kiwi Sour is what turned it. And then, and then it, I mean, honestly, it went up from there for the rest of the afternoon for me. That beer, uh, when I had it yesterday, I just reminded me of Watermelon Warhead. That was the, the first thought. And I think that's what I'm going to go for today when I get there, just to, to cleanse the palate and start again. Yeah, so I, I was lucky. I was standing there and I saw Brian Watson was standing there and he's walking by. I said, Brian, I'm drinking this beer of yours, this Kiwi Sour. It's just freaking amazing you know and uh and and he was just like yeah 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 and he, and he told me all about it and it was just like you know yes it's a sour mash um you know over the weekend and the brewery how much kiwi fruit like hundreds of kilos of kiwi fruit and everything else. it was just like the full you know and yeah. there was like one to find a beer that you just really loved but then to be able to talk to the guy that owns the brewery and yeah. find out how they did it and he's just passionate enough to talk about it and and he's excited about it as well so yeah well, I think that's been one of the highlights of the weekend. There's so many of the brewers are out and about, and you're just sort of bumping into them again and again. And yep. as, as everyone knows, don't say it again. It's a very, <coughs> um, very friendly industry and a very sort of you know sharing industry. And it's just been awesome to bump, you know, try a beer and then bump into the guy that's made it or see them again. And mm. I should say for sort of uber beer geek points, I just got, when I got to my hotel, my hotel was uh, 270 meters from Garage Project. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I guess it has to be a Garage Project beer first. And went down there and they had the uh, the single barrel and the double barrel Coxwain's Courage on tap. So we, uh, and that's my burger arriving. So we, um, so yeah, that was my first beer in, in New Zealand was the uh, 14.2% double barrel Coxwain's Courage. I think like $15 for a thimbleful, but it was pretty bloody tasty. I think we ended up sharing a bottle later on uh, that <laughs> by night. By accident. Yeah, by accident. <laughs> anyway, maybe we'll take a, a short break here while you uh, get that burger down um, and then we can come back. Okay. Great. And we're back. How was your burger? Delicious. What's Devour- devoured rather quickly. <laughs> I think uh, inhaled would probably be a better, uh, better <laughs> description. It went. <laughs> it's uh, been interesting, the um, Wellington on a Plate Festival happening around, and there's that burger, I don't know, there's burgers everywhere, and they're all come with a Garage Project can as well. Um, we're just talking about Garage Project off mic. It's interesting seeing, you walk past restaurants, and they don't look like craft beer restaurants, or they're not, and they have a you know canned beer and a burger special um and you don't really see that i don't think we've seen similar things happen in australia yet no um i think i think australia is a, a bigger a bigger nut to try and crack um i think being such a close-knit city the wellington on a plate works quite well and being the number of brewers uh, and breweries in the in the in the cbd proximity um means there's probably a little bit more um focus on it but also a better chance to actually uh, embrace that mm. um, and and they seem to be doing it well. Wellington on a Plate used to coincide with Bevana for a number of years mm. but there was never any correlation between the two they just sort of happened to be on at the same time. Yeah. It's the last two or three years where there's been a, a, a crossover and the, the two are coming together mm. um, with some of the fine dining with craft beer and ingredients and ideas and concepts and, mm. and it's great. Mm. It's been interesting to see the support that Beervana and this new craft beer capital project's been getting from sort of the local council. Um, when we compare it to the, I guess, the challenges we face with Good Beer Week in Melbourne, that we've got this festival that's become huge and is attracting you know people from all over the world to come. But it's still very hard for us to kind of get our foot in the door with the city of Melbourne or with tourism Victoria, or whatever. Because I guess, like you say, it's a bigger, it's a tougher nut to crack. Or it's, you know, there's there's so many other big things going on. And yeah. I guess maybe here, you know, like I say, there's 
whether it's the, small, the size of the community or whatever, but they, they, they're certainly you know, get, getting that support and, and standing out you know, more, I guess, more quickly than perhaps we've done with, with, with Good Beer Week in terms mm. of getting that you know, the sort of government eyes and that government support. But um, you know, it, I guess it is, it's, you, know, you sort of walk around the city and it almost feels a bit like sort of Hobart or something like that, as mm. opposed to Melbourne, you know, it's, 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 it's got more of that sort of feel. Mm. So. Are you taking uh, some ideas or are you looking at what they're doing and seeing if you can apply that back to uh, Good Beer Week? Um, we met with the Craft Beer Capital people and um, with David from Beervana on Thursday. Yep. Um, and we'll definitely be working together. Um, how far any partnership between Craft Beer Capital, Beervana and Good Beer Week goes, we don't know. But um, I think we've got potentially a lot we can offer them from the work we've done developing you know, the website and and the Good Beer Week brand that could maybe help them sort of short, shortcut, you know, a bit, a bit further ahead. But they're really good people who are doing, who are behind what they're doing. Um, we've kind of said to them, yeah, if there's cool stuff going on over here, <laughs> we'd love to do it back in Melbourne. Mm. But also just to say, well, you know, let's see see what we can actually do together. I think that they'd like to sort of go down that sort of route and have a real big week of events around around what they're doing here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and even just looking at the, the, the fold-out sort of map and guide they've got, it reminds me very much of the first Good Beer Week. Mm. Um, and it also was thrown together in a few weeks, just like the first Good Beer Week, and they mm. thought they might get a dozen events, and they got 50, just like we, we did. So yep. a lot of similarities, and you know, it's, it's people from bars again and uh, that are sort of behind it. Um, mm. And the guy that's running Craft Beer Capital seems to be running it very much like right around the Crafty Pine, mm. and there just seems to be a lot of synergy there, and I think there's a very similar feel in ethos between the two cities, Melbourne and Wellington as well. So, yeah, yeah it, ju- it just seems it makes a lot of sense to t- keep talking and see what we can do together. Mm. Mm. So, yeah. Being uh, living in Sydney, Darren, you uh, probably see you get Good Beer Week, you're down for that, Beer Varna, and also Sydney Craft Beer Week. How do you think the three compare? Um, the, the Probably the closest comparison would be Beer Varna with, um, with Good Beer Week, but more probably the festivals at the end. Rather than the events that are built around it, um, the, the the closest is you know the, the beer awards on the on the Thursday night and both um, in both events then going into an end festival. Mm. The I think Good Beer Week has a lot more events based around beer in the week around it mm. that justifies being down there for the whole week. Whereas for Beervana, it's really for me it's a, a Thursday, Friday, mm. Saturday, Sunday type gig. <coughs> uh, Sydney Craft Beer Week uh, has gone from nothing to this year I think it's got 140 events coming up this year oh. in October um, from three years with a standing start so this this year is going to be even crazier than ever and mm. being a local brewer the demands um, to, to to get out and do events is, is, is higher um, that said this year I said I was going to cut it back I was only going to do a couple I was going to take it you know much more relaxed approach um, and now I've only got one day free from 15 <laughs> days or something like that. So, right, so that's a so that's going to be. I, I have no idea how I'm going to pull that off. Um, I'll be relying on some friends and people, and um, and probably a, a, a lot of a lot of ibuprofen and stuff yeah. as well, uh, because um, I've I've got to still rock up for my day job this year. Unlike right. last year, I was able to uh, wangle it off. So I was chatting to Jane from Two Birds about midway, two thirds away through Good Beer Week, and you know, she was looking resplendent as ever. And I was like, "Oh, how's, it, how's the week been for you?" And she was like, "I hate it. <laughs> going to, I've got a new brewery I'm trying to get open. I've committed to 13 events. I just want it to be over and just get back to you know, finishing building my brewery." Um, yeah, and I, th- I think people are sort of getting that point where it's like, it's better to be sort of smarter than, than maybe than too sort of enthusiastic in too many things. But then again. 
it does get kind of addictive and you're like it's hard to say no when someone's got a good event for you to be part of and you know you get carried away with the, with the, the joy of the whole thing mm. yeah there's um it, it's gone from just doing something just to have focus and be seen to doing something which you can justify and um and adds value um to to what you're doing in your brand um again this year i didn't organize any event it was all the ones i was invited to yep. participate in or be part of and um and I turned down at least three because of conflicts, mm. and at least three or four just because it wasn't a it wasn't a fit or it, it, it was a it wasn't a value proposition there for me. Mm. Uh, obviously, I won't get you to run through every event you're involved in, but um, what's going to be the, the highlight event that you're involved in? Uh, I'm looking forward to doing the gala opening. Uh, yep. We haven't really done an opening party really for for Sydney Craft Week, Sydney Craft Beer Week before, um, so it'd be interesting to be part of that. Uh, the closing weekend, the carriage works. Um, I hope they haven't bitten off more than they can chew, being that it's a bit of a showcase event at the end of the week, where the people are, are still going to turn up after having so many other events during the week. Mm. Um, so I hope that's going to go well. Other than that, um, there's a couple of Gypsy Brewer events. Um, I'm one of the sort of more established Gypsy Brewers in mm-hmm. Sydney. There's a few newer guys um, uh, on the scene now, yeah. and I'm doing a couple of events with them, so I can hopefully you know give a little bit back as well and help them lift some of their profile and yeah. and, and give them a bit of a leg up. So I'm looking forward to doing those as well because yeah, you know, it's just hanging out with mates, drinking beers, talking about beer. You know, it's, it's not so tough. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, speaking of, of what you're up to, you've also got some packaged beer about to to come out. Yes, that's uh, excitingly scary. <laughs> um, so in May, uh, I took on a distributor because yep. I've grown to a size where I just couldn't keep up doing it all myself mm. as well, having a day job and being a dad mm. uh, to, 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 to children. So um, I took on, uh, it, was, it was probably about a six months of looking around, seeing who everyone else was using for the, that was using distributors, who they were using how those relationships are working mm. and um, and a few discussions with um, experience it over those six months um, gave me a very comfortable feel about it um, I had a lot of um, a lot of questions I had a, a number of reservations about how things would work and and how you know it could still be my brand even though I wasn't going to be the face of it in a lot of occasions in terms of doing deliveries, uh, doing the invoicing and and debt control and stuff like that, which is all the things that um, I was doing that took up time, which don't really add a lot to the brand either. So yeah, so it's it's been great having them on board. The the other part of doing that, um, if I was just doing draft, I probably could have kept doing it myself. But the 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 concept was to move into package into bottles, and I knew that I wasn't going to be able to scale. To be able to deal with restaurants, cafes, mm. um, bottle shops, um, that sort of stuff. So, so it needed needed a distributor to, to manage that, um, and also the volume. So they've been a, they've been a fantastic fit. Uh, and it um, the then the the next piece was where was I going to do the bottles? What format were they going to be? What size? Uh, how was I going to represent my brand as part of that? Um, that's something we worked on for about a year to, mm-hmm. to get something that I was happy with in terms of a labelling, uh, a format, a size. Yep. Um, and then it was where to do it. Um, Nomad uh, is the beer company side of the of my distributor, which yep. is a collaboration between uh, Kerry, Johnny from Experience It and uh, Beer de Borgo, Leo. 
Um, and they've got a fantastic new um, brand spanking Italian brew house in Brookvale in Sydney. Mm. And they've put in a, uh, uh, in a nice Italian bottling line there. So it's uh, bottle conditioned and everything else. So that's where I'm going to be doing the packaged product. Um, the wait now is the Italians are currently on... Uh, summer holidays. They're right. back next week. Um, the the bottling line's up and running, but they're doing a three hundred thirty mil format bottle. Yep. We're waiting on the um, the the quotes and the definition of the change parts to move it into a five hundred um, mil option. Um, the installer took a number of those bottles back with them uh, to make sure we get the right one. So so we're hoping uh, all going to plan that um, they'll hit the market end of October. So. Um, hopefully in time for Sydney Craft Beer Week, but yep. we might miss it by a week or so. Um, the concept is to do the, the four main seasonals as the first one, so each season there'll be a bottled op- offering. Prescription 12 will be first for spring. It uh, won't be in there for the full season, obviously coming at the end of October, Zephyr beginning of December, and then into um, Iron Lung and Plasma next year, and um, see how we go. Are you... Uh Wondering if people are going to hold on to them and see how they age now that you can. Um... Uh, to be honest, I hadn't, I haven't given that too much thought because that's some of the bit that scares me yep. about doing a packaged product. How's it going to hold up? Um, I think being um, live and having um, bottle conditioned is going to help with that. But I really hope people drink it fresh. I think mm. um, all all the beers that I do and those those four main seasonals really need to be fresh yep. um, they're not going to improve too much over time yep. so I, I, I've been wanting to have them uh, consumed probably within six months yep. uh, we're doing uh, we're going to do a year on the label um, so you're going to have a, a date stamp on there's it a, there's a batch number best before stamped Great. on the label um, and um, but um, yeah sooner is better unless yeah. you keep it in a you know, nice cool dark yeah, place yeah, yeah. see how we go uh, I know I'll be keeping a few of them yeah um, to see how they go, but also to, you know, I hope people also want to collect the set because the, the, the labels, the colours, it's, yeah. it's quite prominent, the branding, and I think it's going um, to look really good. We'll put a link up on the show notes for this to the branding for people that haven't seen it because um, it is really like, it's strong, as you said, visually they're all bright colours, um, a clear logo. Um, I think it's going to really stand out in the in this shop. Um, you know, a lot of people shop with their eyes and I think a labelling is a, a big one um, that some brewers might overlook. Also, date stamps is so great to hear that, that you're doing that. Yeah, so that's um, that's one of the things I hadn't really considered other than I, knew, I know I wanted a best before on there somewhere, but it was just how it was going to work. And that really come down to the bottling line and the packaging line. And the uh, the Alcatec Italian line that um, they've put in at the brewery has all that capacity. So cool. um, what we've done is uh, after we showcased the bottles and the labels at um, Good Beer Week in Melbourne at yep. Gab's, um, we've had to do a little bit of a rework on the labels, um, nothing drastic. So it's still, the front image is still exactly the same. It's just an actual panel that sits above the barcode where we can do that best before stamp and everything yep. else. And a little bit more about, you know, is, uh, is bottle conditioned on the other side. The, the, to anyone that hasn't seen it, you probably wouldn't even notice anyway. It's those, those yeah. real little fine details that are done. Um, the other thing that holding, was holding up is I really wanted to get the trademarks through. Yep. Um, it was something that this this whole thing's got so much bigger than I ever thought it was going to be, uh, and then doing packaged as well. Um, I never, I never, other than having a registered business and a registered name, I'd never, never got around to trademarking any of it. Mm. Um, so that's been over close to a year in the in the go now, and um, I've got trademark approval for the glass symbol. Yep. And for Doctor's Orders Brewing, cool. Um, I had a few issues getting the name sorted. Yeah, I had to show 
continued use. There was uh, uh, someone in, in Victoria had doctor's orders um, in the wine and beer category trademarked, but they've ne- they'd never used it. But because I then applied for it in the the IP Council of Australia said no, there's already a prior. I then had to go through and, and show prior use, all the marketing material I've ever done, all the venues I've ever sold to, every bottle shop it's ever been in through growlers, showing that the, the other product had never existed in the same store, yeah. that people wouldn't be confused about doctor's orders and doctor's orders brewing. One yeah. was a beer, one was a wine. The other one had never made a product. They could have uh, challenged it. Um, they get a copy of all that. They didn't, and um, and um, very grateful for yes. that. <laughs> uh, having said that, there's uh, doctor's orders gin popping up in yeah, uh, Canada. Yep. Uh, there's doctor's orders as a as a beer name for uh, hospital records in the UK. Uh, got to get Australia sorted first, and then yep. we might see if we can just push a little bit further afield. But yep. um, yeah, definitely get. Australia finalised. Uh, I think it's mid-December is the final finalisation date, but um, it's all accepted at this point. And all you wanted to do was make beer. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the whole thing about you know graphic design, printing, decals, um, logos, trademarking, other stuff. You know, brewing beer is also about you know microbiology and mm. and uh, you know building your own equipment, a bit of a, a bit of electrical work, a bit of welding, a bit of metal work, metallurgy, that stuff. The stuff that I've learnt from making beer. Jeez. <laughs> oh, now, speaking of uh, things coming out, you've uh, just had a book out, James. Yeah, uh, about three weeks ago. Um, book called 150 Great Australian Beers. Uh, was published by Hardy Grant, um, which is nice. Mm. Um, they've done a lovely job with it. Looks looks very um, looks very pretty. Um, unfortunately, I was. Uh, I wasn't able to include any uh, doctor's orders beers because it all had to be packaged product. But he, he gets a mention in there it, when I'm explaining <coughs> the sort of thinking behind how we pick the beers. I, I said that it does mean that excellent brewers such as Doctor's Orders and the Grifter don't feature in this book because they neither have a brewery nor packaged product. So I, I did manage to sneak him in there in a sentence somewhere. A, a oh, thank you, James. <laughs> I haven't received my copy yet, so uh, yeah, I, I, but that was the first thing I was going to look for. Yeah. Yeah. No. The idea was. It, all the 150 beers had to be packaged, so available, even if it was only released once a year in a small mm. amount, it still had to be released once a year in packaged form, even if you go order it from the brewery. So it did, yeah, it was. It did mean some people had to uh, go by the wayside, but um, you know, that was, it was very exciting. That, that was sort of first raised maybe 18 months, two years ago, by one of the guys at Hardy Grant, who I've been writing for their James Halliday magazine. Yep. Asked me over lunch one day, have you ever thought about writing a beer book? And I was like, um, I guess maybe. Um, and then just before Christmas last year, they said, okay, let's go, let's do it. But it's got to be out for Father's Day, which means you've got to have everything done by February the 17th, I think it was. And I was like, that's not a lot of time to write a book. <laughs> and my mum and dad were out on holiday, so there's a bit of time there. And then at the start of the year, I got a um, herniated disc in my spine and spent 23 hours a day lying down on my back taking tramadol. And then when the tramadol wasn't strong enough, taking stronger stuff than that. So it was an interesting, interesting experience. But, um, you yeah, know, it's, it's, it's nice. I haven't actually been into a shop that's got it. On the shelves, yeah, I feel yeah. I need to do that and go in and sort of go. You know, um, <laughs> Author signing today. <laughs> yeah, well, I remember when back at my uni days, I used to DJ a bit, you know, very, very amateurishly, and was quite into my sort of, you know, acid techno and stuff like that. I thought, you know, also it'd be lovely to make a track sometime and, and see like a 12 inch on the shelf of a record yep. shop. And my talent was very, um, and my patience were very limited. <laughs> So I guess this is almost like that. So having a, having a book on a shelf in a bookstore is you know is, is the same thing I reckon. Pretty so, good, yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, published author. 
published author. Who'd have thought it? And I, the funny thing is, as well, when I decided I was going to go and do the Crafty Pint, you know, it was like something was needed. I always thought, well, you do it. Who knows what's going to happen with it? It was kind of a new concept to do it in the way I wanted to do it. But I always figured if you do it well, there'll be spin-offs that come from it. You know, and I never expected that to include Good Beer Week within six months of Crafty, or within four months of Crafty Pint launching, maybe six months that, you know, Good Beer Week came along, and then that sort of took over half my life. But, um, yeah, the book and yeah, all sorts of, you know, getting to judge the media brew at Beervana wouldn't have happened without, you know, doing Crafty Pint and just, I guess being tenacious and just getting out there and you know talking to a lot of people and you're relaunching your site uh, with a rebrand is that right yeah yeah so it's something I wanted to do for a while it's you know it needs to be mobile friendly it needs to be a bit more friendly and modern looking so that's been I'd have had it done a long time ago if I had time and money um, I have neither um, and seemingly less and less of, <laughs> of each as time goes by but um, yes yeah, so, so that's been I'm going for a while the guy that did the good beer week website uh, redoing crafty for me and moving on to a new platform and and what have you? So it will still be exactly, pretty much exactly the same content, but just presented in a better, sort of more accessible and, and friendly way. Um, Great. And then yeah, so that'll be that, that sort of hopefully, well maybe about the time this podcast goes out, it should be happening. Yep. And hopefully people people like it. Um, so no, it's more evolution than, than revolution, but um, yeah, so that's that's pretty exciting as well. Cool. Um, I don't know if I have any too many more things to to ask you guys. What's um, what do you want for the rest of the weekend? Um, Probably back to Beervana for another session. Um, I know Kate from Good Beer Week's keen to go out and sort of have a you know a, a nice meal and maybe some wine tonight. But also the Kiwis are playing the Wallabies, and I figure if you're in New Zealand when the Kiwis are playing the Wallabies, you should really go and watch the rugby. Yep. yep. So I think I should be watching the rugby. But um, we were talking about the media brew earlier. Actually, it was interesting. One of the beers that was entered was a smoked um, clam or mussel stout oh, that was with the, Belgian yeast. Was that the Moa one? I'm not sure, but it was basically the old bulging bicep, but not as good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just amazing to see someone making exactly the same. You know, it was smoked, smoked and seafood and yeah. stout and Belgian yeast. Do we know, um, so do we know who won the media brew yet? Or yeah, so the winning think? beer was um, a sour from Hallertau, which mm. I believe may have been spontaneously fermented, but it was just... Uh, was that the Gosa one? Uh, was that, it was a lemon and horror pico Gosa? There was a Gosa in there that was, did pretty well, but there was, an, there was another sour that... Um, there's a lot of very herbaceous beers. Um, mm. It's got kind of interesting what was, what was coming out, but the, there was a sour that was just very fruity and acidic and clean and, and lovely. Um, I think the beer I scored highest, and I think Tracy from Sprig and Fern scored highest, but probably got one point in total less overall was um, the Jaffa from Liberty, which is like a sort of chocolate orange hot that they used. Um, mm. they, they barbecued some oranges and then chucked them into the beer. Um, barbecued was, some oranges? Yeah. Yeah, right. That was amazing. Um, but it was, it was interesting. There was a lot of there was you know sort of herb spiced and and fruited saisons, and there was one that was actually they put lamb bones in the boil, and then it was served with a sprig of uh, sprig of thyme. I saw that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I saw that lamb brown ale or something, wasn't it? Because well, well, yeah. the, the theme was it was supposed to have one native kiwi ingredient and at least one, and the theme was spring. So when Sean and I were bouncing back and forward ideas, I did actually suggest at one point doing a lambic. And actually using lamb and making a lambic, and they, they, I guess they sort of got halfway there. But um, no, it was interesting. It was a really, really colourful um, selection of what's, selection of beers. What's the idea of putting bones in the in the brew? Well, I guess because just it the flavour, kiwi ingredient. I mean, yeah. it, it didn't come across too much. Um, yeah. It basically killed all carbonation. Yeah, um, but it was actually quite an interesting, rich, malty beer. I think it, it won the prize for most innovative beer that was entered, yeah. um, and it scored reasonably well. There was but, another one, uh, lamb chopper, as well, wasn't there? Yeah, there was. There was oh, in, fact, in fact, the one that won was it was its, its description. The only description we were given for it was fuel for lambs. 
So, <laughs> so it could well have been that one. <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> yeah. You're right, that's, uh, uh, which is what, unlike the epic one, it was because it's called Epic Media Beer, and it was like piratey, herbaceous, um, um, something else. The, like, the description was just like six random words separated <laughs> by commas. Like, and, and the funny thing was that beer was actually a delicious West Coast IPA kind of style mm. from it, Epic. It, it was the most it was the most hoppy beer, and it was really well made. And it was delicious. But, but the piracy didn't, didn't come through. It got through. scored down massively because there was no piracy. There was no... None, none, none of the other things they talked about were actually, were actually in there. It was just a delicious West Coast IPA. So it seems unlike Epic to make a, a straight-up IPA. Luke wouldn't want to hear you saying things like that. <laughs> it's um, like a one-trick pony. I think uh, <laughs> the, the previous years, it's uh, usually involved a lot of chili. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I did get some of his hot sauce recently, uh, the hot zombie hot sauce. and. It's uh, amazing the hops coming out when you're having hot sauce on your eggs in the morning. It's well, I, I got a um, chili sauce off Mitch from Beer Scene. He's, he, he's yep. down at a new brewery in Torquay, Blackman's. He's been designing the menu down there. And he obviously he does hot punny and uh, makes pale ale cheese and stuff like that. And his latest thing that he's given me a bottle of, I've not tried it yet, is a Breton Amaisi's fermented chili sauce. It's awesome. Oh, he it? he okay. gave me a bottle uh, <laughs> recently. And, um, yeah, I, I was so sad when that went, went what, empty. What is the... What comes through that you, you get the bread sort of characters or uh, you get sort of like um, a, a tang, a mm. tang, and then you get a bit of heat and everything else. But then it's sort of like a, it's like a relish sort of sauce, and it's just it's just the whole thing, right? It's just mm. it's just layers of uh, fantastic flavors and mm. complexity. It's just goes really well on some you know toasted sandwiches and stuff like that. It's just Do you reckon you can make a beer inspired by it? <laughs> Coming full circle, right? <laughs> <laughs> I I got to try some of this beef jerky. Um, a while back, and that was just delicious as well. So it's uh, interesting seeing that beer entwining with food so much, where it's you know bread, hot sauce. I own probably about a dozen cookbooks, and they're all beer yeah. and food. <laughs> There's no just you know how to make something else. It's just yep. you know if it's a I not even noticed that Bivana was it craft beer cookbook or something like that. It's like that caught my eye. You know, <laughs> if, if, if you're going to cook, it's got to involve booze. So you use a lot of beer in your cooking then. If I cook, it involves <laughs> booze. Not always beer, but definitely but booze. booze. Yep. Um, and what about you for the rest of the weekend? What are you up to? Uh, catching out with some old mates um, this afternoon. I lived in uh, Wellington for about eight or nine years. I'm originally from Nelson. So uh, catching out with them and then All Blacks tonight. Mm. Um, and then recovery tomorrow out tomorrow evening. So yeah, just, just taking it easy. It's Like I said, the only, only beer festival my wife comes to. So we treat it as the uh, the annual director's offsite, right? <laughs> um, no children, um, just yeah, hanging out. Oh, nice, so it's good. Anything more you want to add about your beer or the event or anything else that's happening? Uh, probably not. Um, I think we're we're still going strong. We're still doubling every year. We won't quite make it this year because the package product's a little bit behind where we wanted it to be. Uh, I think we're on target for fifteen draft beers this year, which is which is pretty crazy for us. Uh, using three different breweries to still produce it, about to bring on a fourth for the package product as well. Mm. Um, it's just, yeah, just it's, the whole thing is so much bigger than I ever expected it to be. Um, to actually be able to do, you know, a tap, a tap, take over of, you know, a dozen taps or even close to 20 taps is, you know, something well beyond I ever, mm. you know. I ever dreamed it would be so. Is it exciting just, um, to, to be at this point then? It's a very exciting, um, and just got to keep thinking of bigger goals and try and try and find a way to fund it and, and keep it keep it going. Um, yeah, it's a uh, it's a fun industry to be a part of, um, but um, there's no way you're ever going to get rich from it. <laughs>
<laughs> How about you, James? Anything else you want to add? Uh, I don't know. Just you know, keen to get out and try, try and visit a few more places before we uh, fly back tomorrow. Mm. Um, I'm sure there's a few more beers I haven't tried. I mean, which of the standout sort of new beers you've had down at Bivana this weekend that I should be? The eight wide ones, which I think we mentioned off mic or on mic, yeah. I can't remember now. Um, Brown yeah. Um, I think they, they, everything I, well, those two just kind of, I forgot everything else that I'd had prior and just went, I just want to drink these for, for ever now. Um, the Garage Project ones were, were interesting. Um, the, the, Coffee stout, uh, coffee stout with the blend yeah, yeah, with the so truffles yeah. and uh, it was a. We've got one called a flat white, so they yeah. made a really really coffee Russian imperial stout, and then they made a cream ale with loads of lactose, and they basically pour, pour the imperial stout and then they add layer the, the add other the one on top. To it effectively, um, and it delicious. tastes like a yeah a coffee. Uh, the other one they're doing is making sort of ice cream out of the beer and then serving that on top of the beer as the head. Um, just it's not you know life changing, but it's interesting to see. That that's the uh, that's the dry ice stuff they were messing yeah. around with doing the ice cream. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I had the I had their wabi wabi sabi sour sour, yep. and that was uh, that was really really good. And their saison tres uh, mm. uh, mm. or something along those lines. That was yep. fantastic. Yeah, the good George kiwi sour, like I said before, the eight wide Fijoa wild. Mm. That was amazing. The Commons um, beer royale. Yep. Um, the black currant sour that mm. was really intensely awesome. all of all of the common spears just great I, I found they were exactly what I like you know a lot of brett um, in some of them and just kind of funky but really easy drinking and, and just nice to drink um, and he, he seems a good dude as well he's only been going three years or something but he's sort of become one of the standouts even in Oregon because mm. he's actually doing something different and doing it very well mm. um, yeah it's kind of you've been, like, what, how come you guys were picked out of Oregon to come over here? It's like, well, because, you know, we're, we're doing something, you know, different and we're standing out from the hops and from, mm. you know, from what other people are doing, so. And, yeah, a lot of people were talking about the Oregon breweries that are here and it seems to be a, an interesting addition to the festival, getting the breweries that I don't know that well, you know, by reputation, but getting them over here and presenting their beers to everyone to, to have, a, have a go at. Well, that was almost sort of part of the conversation we were having with Beervana and Road, uh, Road to Beervana. It was kind of like... Portland, Wellington, Melbourne. Can we form some sort of, you know, yeah, yeah. Pacific Rim synergy between between the three places or what have you? <laughs> so, you know, if I need to go and visit Portland, you know, every year or two to go and just make should make that happen for a work trip. What, what so do you mean if? What do you mean if? <laughs> so be it. Oregon Beer Festival. When is it? Usually about July, something like that. <laughs> Excellent. So May, July, August. Maybe we need to push Beer Barn about a month or something. <laughs> have you been over there? Uh, it's been one place I've managed to miss. I've got close a couple of times, but mm-hmm. just the uh, if I'm going in through the West Coast that I do for my day job a bit through yeah. San Francisco or LA to get to Portland yeah. and then back to the down to San Diego or something like that is a very very expensive weekend. Yeah. Um, uh, by the time you do the flights, some accommodation for basically about 36 hours of beer research, it gets unjustifiable. So. Um, yeah, I've come close. Still on the to-do list. <coughs> yeah, yeah. It seems to be uh, an amazing city for for beer. Um, and being the probably the hipster that I am, it's that kind of place I want to visit. And uh, yeah. Um, right. Well, should we, we might wrap it up and let you guys uh, carry on with your events. Um, yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot. Pleasure. That's been great.